Hello, friend. Thank you so very much for joining me once again here on the program. I hope you'll join me in grabbing your Bible. I'm excited to share with you what God has laid on my heart for this week. We're in the book of Nehemiah. Last week, we began this study, and I think it will be a help to you. I know it has been for me. The theme of Nehemiah, of course, is rebuilding, building up that which has been broken down. And unfortunately, in our world, there are a lot of broken things, a lot of broken people. We must, as Christians, followers of Christ, people of the book, namely the Bible, We must be builders. We should constantly be looking to encourage others. In just a moment, I'm going to share with you the thought from Scripture today. We're in Nehemiah and in chapter number 2. If you can believe it, we got through all of chapter 1 last week. We'll do a short review, but we'll be in Nehemiah chapter 2 in just a moment here. But I have a special treat for you. I'm joined by some friends this week on the program. You may recall recently we began including a little bit of music in this broadcast, in addition to the intro and outro music and all of those things that accompany the announcer. We've been taking a short pause for just a few moments and listening to some great music, and this week will be no different. Today I'm joined by some friends whose names you may recognize. Do you know who Paul Levine is? Of course you do. He's the founder of this ministry, Bible Tracks Incorporated, and this particular radio broadcast, Bible Tracked Echoes, was begun by God's grace by evangelist Paul Levine. Now, unfortunately, Paul Levine passed away in 1996, but he has such a great legacy that continues on even today. His sidekick, or I should say his partner in crime, Bob Finley, who coincidentally was a blind man who did not let that stop him from serving God. They were such a dynamic pair. They did so much for the cause of Christ and are remembered so fondly by many. And many of you that are listening right now would know the names Paul Levine and Bob Finley. They sang together often. You may recall that I've included some preaching by Paul Levine on this program, but today I'm going to let them sing for you. Actually, Bob Finley is going to sing for you in just a moment. He's going to sing a song I've always loved called, I Love to Tell the Story. I love to tell the story. What a great, great thought. Do you love to tell the story? I was thinking about this particular song, and it works so well here in accompanying the Bible Tract Echoes broadcast and on the platform of Bible Tracks Incorporated because our ministry is all about giving the gospel. It's all about giving the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, telling that story. And so I'd like to ask you if you would listen now as Bob Finley sings, I love to tell the story. I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story because I know it is true be my theme in glory of one I love so true I love 
to tell the story twill be my theme in glory to tell the old old story of Jesus story for those who know it best seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest I love to tell the story so much for me and that is just the reason I tell it now to thee I love to tell the story twill be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. What a great song, and what a great presentation of that song. You can tell, I think you can, that not only did Bob Finley sing I Love to Tell the Story, but he lived it as well. Even though he did not have his eyesight, his life was dedicated through music and his personal example and leading people to Christ in meetings all over America. For years and years, he accompanied Paul Levine with gospel crusades and revival services, and he truly did love to tell the story. Tomorrow, you're going to want to make sure you join us because we have a fun song, a duet by Paul Levine and Bob Finley called All My Sins Have Been Taken Away. It's a fun little duet. I think you'll have fun with it. Find your place, if you would, in the book of Nehemiah chapter number two. While you turn there, we've talked about the introduction to Nehemiah. Of course, Nehemiah, the namesake of this book, wrote this almost as a personal diary inspired by God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and Nehemiah is no different. But if you read it as a personal diary, it really kind of settles in your heart the fact that this man, when he talks about the fact that he fasted and wept for his city that had been broken down, speaking of Jerusalem, the walls had been torn down, when you read it as if he had written it himself, and not just as some archaic historical text, it really settles in your heart the care and the compassion that Nehemiah had for his people and for his city. We're going to get there in just a moment. But the thought today is this. Even in a bad situation, even in the circumstance that Nehemiah finds himself in, God still intervened. Grab your Bibles. Turn to Nehemiah chapter number 2.
just by way of refresher, as you find your place there, let me remind you that Nehemiah in chapter one came across some of his brethren and he spoke to Hanani, who told him the bad news that Jerusalem and the people of Jerusalem were in affliction. The walls had been, their defenses had been torn down by the powers of that day. Persia and Babylon and these powers of this time frame had left just rubble strewn all over the place and the people of Israel at this time that were the residents of Jerusalem had no defenses. And it struck Nehemiah. It caused him to weep in verse number four of chapter one. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And then verses five through 11 of chapter one record the prayer, the heartfelt prayer of Nehemiah. He pours his heart out to God. And then we pick up In verse number one of chapter two, Nehemiah chapter two and verse one says this, and it came to pass in the month Nisan, in the 20th year of Artaxerxes the king, that wine was before him. And I took up the wine and gave it unto the king. Now I had not been before time sad in his presence. Now let's pause here for just a moment and point out that Nehemiah is the cupbearer for the king and realize as well that usually... It's not very pleasant to go to work with negative people, with people that are always sad all the time. Now, I understand circumstances of life happen and all of those things, but Nehemiah, it appears, was normally a positive person, but because on this particular day, he was not. Artaxerxes, the king of really the known world at the time, it caught his attention. Nehemiah must have been in a kind of joyful fellow most of the time. He must have been a positive guy, but today he was sad. Verse number two, wherefore the king said unto me, why is thy countenance sad? Seeing thou art not sick, this is nothing else but sorrow of heart. Then I was very sore afraid. This king here, he seems very perceptive Nehemiah is thinking here, I've been sad in the king's presence. He's going to say off with my head. He's going to kick me out. He's going to fire me from this job. He's not going to want to hang around a negative guy like me. But verse number three, and said unto the king, let the king live forever. This is Nehemiah. Why should not my countenance be sad? He's giving a reason for his countenance being downtrodden when the city, the place of my father's sepulchers lieth waste and the gates thereof are consumed with fire. Then the king said unto me, For what dost thou make request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. Let's pause here for just a moment. It's amazing how God put this together. Nehemiah is in the right place at the right time to talk to the right person who can actually get something done. Nehemiah effectively, yes, he's the cupbearer to the king, but in many ways, as far as his ability to choose his employment, is no better than a slave. He doesn't really have any choice about where he goes and what he does. He is the cupbearer for the king, and that's what he will be until the king says he is no longer supposed to be doing that job. So realize, when the king asks him, what would your request be? Nehemiah I love this here. The very first thing he does is talk to God. Before shooting off at the mouth, before saying something foolish right there and then, he talks to God. That's a lesson I could learn. I realized at an early age, now I don't always follow this, but I realized at an early age that it's usually wise to think before you speak. And so Nehemiah does this. 
He talks to God first, thinks about what he's going to say, and then he asks the king for permission. Now, what is he asking for permission for? Well, we're going to talk about that tomorrow, but I'd like to point out here, and we're going to pick up this thought on the morrow, that Nehemiah asks God's permission first. Do you have a big decision ahead of you? Do you have circumstances of life that seem to be pushing you down, that seem to be really stirring up strife, seem to be leaving you without peace? I'd recommend before trying to right the wrong, before trying to fix those things yourself, before trying to solve problems, go to God first because God will intervene. We just got to set the stage right beforehand. I appreciate you listening. God bless. Have a great day for his glory. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.